session from uh, Gopi Shankar. He'll be talking about understanding the Dhamic perspective on Soji SE issues. Soji SE is the abbreviation which is used uh, globally uh, for the term sexual orientation, gender identity and expression and uh, sex characteristics. So he'll be talking about this issue from the Dhamic perspective. Uh, now over to Gopi Shankar, he's a co-founder of Srishti Madurai. Gopi. Namaste. So we are aware of the term LGBTQIA+. I always say the plus should come first. But even the term LGBTQIA is very homogenizing. That's why in international consensus, uh, we came up with kind of term called S-O-G-I-E-S-C. Because before the America was founded, when it belongs to the Aztecs or the Mayans or the native pagans and the shamans there, the gender for them was more than five. And anywhere if you see the African or the native Pacific region or the native West Asian where Zoroastrianism or the pre-Judaist uh, you know, values, it has its own notions on sex, gender and sexual orientation and sex characteristics. That's why uh, through ILGA, International Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Transgender and Intersex Association and various different uh, you know, world uh, federations on LGBTQIA rights, they advocated to have a independent expert to advise the Secretary General. So his position is known as UN Independent Sogi Expert. Now a Costa Rican uh, uh, jurist is heading it, Victor Madrigal. So that position was created to advise uh, the Secretary General. So the term, why, why it was created? Because the term LGBT was very homogenizing, very kind of, uh, you know, not accommodating any native indigenous gender identities or sex identities or sexual characteristics or sex characteristics or gender expressions. So that's why the term SOGI, S-O-G-I-E, S -O -G -I -E -S -C was created. So sexual orientation, we all know that, that is our emotional, romantic, physical attraction to a particular person. Apart from homosexuality, bisexuality, and asexuality, we have more than 15 types of sexual orientations. So sexual orientation is something different. Sex identity is something different because none of us decided to be born as male or female. So un when a child is born, they identify the uh, sex identity of the baby with the reproductive system, right? When the baby don't have a very kind of stereotypical male reproductive organ or a female reproductive organ, then the baby is labeled as intersex. Not all intersex variations are visible during the birth. And intersex is not a sex identity nor a gender identity. Intersex is a sex characteristics. You can self-determine your gender identity. You can self-determine your sexual orientation. You can self-determine your ge gender expression, but you cannot self-determine your sex characteristics. And these sex characteristics, these babies may have triple X or XYX, 40 plus variations. You can just do a Google to know the difference between 
the term intersex and intersex people are not hijras or trans but intersex intersex the person born with intersex trait may identify themselves as a trans person or as whatever straight person or a you know a gender queer person or the person intersex person may have any gender identity or any sexual orientation so why i am discussing all this what it has to deal with indic traditions anything scientific is indic anything scientific is hinduness and anything which is not scientific you blatantly reject it that is not hinduness because the term hindu in the constitution refers to any philosophy that is darshanas originated from this particular geographical locations which we refer as present and past bharat right so what does it mean here mary need to you know not need to kneel in front of a masculine figure called christ or god is not referred with masculine notion we have diverse identities which are recognized by the shastras which are some are which not recognized by the agamic shastras so folk non folk traditions so we are going to dwell into the details in the coming sessions we are seeing bachura mata anywhere in the world can you show a goddess was dedicated to diverse gender identities in the world a space in tamil nadu before buddha was born buddha was born before 2500 years we still use ashokas sarnath lion in all our coins right you may say i don't know about rama or krishna but but buddha was born lived up to 89 years we have at least language uh, eight language sources to kind of confirm it and his son rahul become and how buddha was accommodating all this viewing all this of course srishti is working on how various darshanas viewed all this we will be also discussing all that even before buddha's tradition we have jaina's tradition which is around 3500 years old after buddha died we have christ coming in but we don't have that much evidence for that and then after christ's death within 600 years you find prophet muhammad peace be upon him if so he was born in mecca so the point is that still we calculate everything under anno domini and before christ but christ was born after buddha why don't we calculate the historicity before buddha and after buddha because we have more evidence for buddha than christ and we have vikram samvat and we have saka calendar too side by side so we got something it is not about just we got something it's also about how super conservative we are how victorian we are more than the victorians who left us and how a hindu parent is dealing with their child when it comes to all this notions 
we worship mother goddess, female infanticide took place here. We talk about intersex human rights. Intersex infanticide is happening now. We want to, you know, say our culture is progressive, but we don't want to carry our values with us because nothing is documented. We want to document what is what. In Vilupuram, near Chennai, a tradition which is more than 2,500 years old, where Arjuna's son will be getting married to Krishna. For more than 2,000 years, even before the Tamil Nadu government recognized uh, the Arvanis who are known or part of, integral part of transgender society, Arvani is indigenous gender identity. They are known as Arvanis in Tamil Nadu and Bhagavati is in Kerala, Sakibeki in West Bengal and Jogappa in Karnataka and Andhra region and Elamas in also in Andhra, some parts of Andhra region and uh, Mangalamukhis in the Konkan region and uh, Kinners and Hijras in a different region. So they, from half belt of Afghanistan to the west of India, the language they speak is Hijra Farsi. Down, the language they speak mixed with Tamil and Sanskrit is known as Kauti Basha. So it's not just about India. You can see the Southeast Asia and the modern South Asia, or which is known as Akhand Bharat, having the very kind of notions where you will see mainly the philosophy of this sogi se identities that is sexual orientation gender identity expression and sex characteristics their philosophy their definitions and their culture originating from the mainland bharat india was not put together by british right because chandragupta maurya when he was ruling from, I mean, he was born into the SC community <laughs> or ST community, definitely not from the other caste. So then like, if you see the way he was conquering from the half Gandagar to the Burmese region to the down south, except some parts of Tamil Nadu, it was under the control of one person who took care of peacocks. And he was more into Jain philosophy and traditions. So we are going to look into how from then to now various things worked and within this thousand years what changed, why 377 came, you know, especially, you know, missionary position. Missionaries gifted it to us. You need to penetrate the men and women face to face, yaar. Any means of anal and oral sex is horrible for them. That's why we call it as missionary position. If you go to our temples here, just go to, Geetiji will speak next. And she is one of the senior most scholar, India's first openly lesbian women who works on arts and aesthetics. And her contribution, the book she wrote is Sakyani. You must read it. In that she will be giving details of various issues, even the notion Sex, do we have an equal term in Sanskrit or in Hindi means no. Because karma cannot be equated to sex, right? Because this, each Sanskrit word has more than 30 meanings. I may speak, but the meaning is yours. 
So how we are reinterpreting, blatantly just, you know, kind of comparing some Hellenistic, Hellenistic matlab, pre-Greek or after Greek or Roman traditional values, while interpreting certain Sanskrit notions, need to be questioned and reinterpreted too. So this is the starting point for that. In this conversations, we are going to do that to rework and rehumanize the very kind of dharmic values which we are believing in because we don't have a theology. Thank God we don't have one book or one God concept. We have plenty of gods and we all are gods. And we have plenty of books, not one book, and India have more than 2,000 languages, not one language, and India have more than 25 traditional values and religions. But Hindu Dharma, it's not an organized religion. It is more than an organized religion. It's not just a way of life. It is when you kind of get into the notion of Hindu, don't go with the political or the very kind of discussion which took place in the past or present, in the especially in the academic arena. What I am saying is that this is a tradition in which you don't want to be a woman to be a mother. Anyone can be a mother. Anything can be a mother. And being a mother has nothing to do with vagina or boobs or any kind of anatomical structures with women. And the very kind of symbols we used to denote in Smritis, these many gods and goddesses, they have hidden histories behind it which we need to read, which need to be documented. India alone have more than 40 plus gender-specific rituals and gender-specific sacred spaces which need to be documented. Don't you think it need to be documented? So there is a necessary for that. And these are the traditions even before the term LGBT because when America didn't allow women to vote, we had women prime minister. It doesn't mean that women got everything in India. But nowadays, whatever is coming from America and Europe, you're blatantly accepting it, but rejecting the very kind of indigenous traditions. Thank God in Pacific it is not happening because the indigenous people there are owning the very kind of narrative. And they are highly Christianized too. They are no more pagans. So anything which is kind of trying to homogenize, we will stand against it and our narrative will conquer it. Not we will conquer it, not with the sword, but with our knowledge and wisdom. Whatever we do, let it be constructive. And we are trying to do something constructive here because when a Dalit athlete was stripped off and kept naked for more than seven hours in Doha in 2006 during the Congress regime, she won 11 international medals for India with one pair of borrowed shoes. She won 11 international medals for India. After in sports, only women need to undergo sex verification test. It's not necessary for male. If you decide to, you girls, if you decide to run for India, be sure they will strip off you and keep you naked for more than seven hours. That is the horribility. Can you imagine it's a literal rape this woman called Shanti Sondarajan underwent 
and she was kept naked for seven hours. And when this government came in, they took the case of Santi Saundarajan and they represented the case of 2D Chand. We worked on it. And one of my other friends, Payoshini, worked on 2D Chand's case. We represented the case in court of arbitration for sports because the International Olympic Committee and International Association for Athletic Federation is the one who conducts these tests. Who is a female? What is a female? Who gave the right to decide what is female to them? So when we challenged it, when the present government sponsored the case to represent in the court of arbitration for sports, 2D Chen, West AFI, and IAAF. That's the case thing. You can put it on Google. You will get the case details. Because of India and the present government, we challenged the very kind of sex verification test policies. Because of that, Rio Olympics became the first Olympics which took place without sex verification test, in which, how many of you people know Castor Samania? She's the very kind of like Usain Bolt, female athlete, female elite athlete. She was married to her girlfriend. I introduced her to Shanti Saundarajan because she's junior to Shanti. And she won a gold medal, her second gold medal there. And that is the very kind of work which is taking place in the ground. People who cannot wash their own plates or coming to the streets and protesting because protest is a powerful weapon. Protest is not answer for everything because if Baba Sahib Ambedkar would have protested, we would have not got this hyper-inclusive constitution. Yes, our constitution is inclusive, but our laws are not inclusive. We need to have a very kind of inclusive law for that. We need to do constructive work on the ground by know th knowing the native values, by knowing the native tradition. Yes, we have superstition. We need to question it from our language. We don't need an European. We don't need an American to question it. Because at the end of the day, whatever we believe this land or not, we born here. We need to give something back to her. And when I mean her, she's not just a female with, you know, whatever you reflect or whatever you imagine imagine about. So I end with very kind of note that let whatever we do, let it be more constructive than destructive because what we see outside is more destructive activism taking place. At a moment when I stand here and talk, people analyze my caste. Do, we, do my constitution is saying that? <laughs> I became the first intersex person to contest an election. And for that, I had to struggle a lot. We have Ankit Bhuktani, who is running Queer Hindu Alliance. To it is not a big organization. It's a very small forum. No one funds them. No George Soros, <laughs> no European or American so ready to fund this cause. Whereas the Church of Sweden is investing millions of dollars, the Church of Iceland, the church, the Protestant church is investing so much money for, you know, the LGBT movement and Christianity. And we see a lot of radical movements involving and putting money for Islam. But then we didn't bother about, I never, I don't even go to temple, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when people come and say, oh, this is my book, I, I need to sleep with this book. What nonsense is this? We never had any book. <laughs> Why we sleep with that book? Then there is a problem. You know, then there is an identity crisis where we need to come and say, stop it. 
even before you have this book, we have these many traditions and it is not necessary. We need to give attendance to your temple or church or whatever you call, you know, mosques every week. Whenever we feel like, when I'm peeing, I can pray. I can just walk like that and I can take a sand just like this and I can say that is Om Namah Shivaya or Om Narayanayar. That is Hindu Dharma. Because we celebrate the menstruation of Kamakya Devi and we celebrate that menstruation and their menstruation is celebrated because that is Vamachara. And we have Dakshinachara where menstruation is celebrated in a different sense where, you know, we have a specific, gender-specific sacred space like Shabrimala. We're going to get into all these details in the coming sessions. So let me end it here. Um, if you kind of, um, you know, don't understand certain notions or terminologies, you're free to approach us anytime. And we will also send you a very PDF uh, toolkit of, um, you know, inter on intersex human rights in India which we recently published, all the participants will get it free in their email ID. Thank you, Jaima.